Yeah, I appreciate you. Uh-huh. What's your dripping uh, here? You said what? I said what's your dripping here? You can see it? Oh, no, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> hey, we live. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. So I wanted to be able to make sure that I can see the comments today. Happy Thursday, my family and friends. How are you guys? Wait, why can't I? Okay. So Dana busted me out, so let me air out my hair real quick. <laughs> I'll be trying to look halfway decent for you guys. Lord Jesus, I got water on my computer now. All right, so we got people joining us. Say hello, guys. Say hello, say hello. All right, so how we do this, as you guys know, it is our custom that I will pray us in immediately after prayer. We will just jump into the word and share whatever it is that God has given us. I turned my like little area around for you guys today so that you can actually see my face and I see all the sun in the background. I think I'm liking this setup a little bit better. Um, but before we go on any further, as you guys can see, some to my right or your left is I have a special guest and her name is Dana. Dana, um, first and foremost, I want to thank you for joining me and just to give a little bit of an introduction of who Dana is in my life and why she is so important. And I'm so honored to have her today. Um, I met Dana, I think it was maybe like 2015. Was it 2015, Dana? Yeah, I met Dana in 2015. We were both working at Coach at the time, and um, I just remember she was she had an office, and I remember always like her office was right next to the kitchen, and so the kitchen was like my favorite place at Coach. And so anytime I would walk past her desk, I'm like, man, this girl fly, but she just like had this very like serious face, like she was very like. And so I, I would think like, man, she she need a friend. <laughs> like I was like, she need a friend. Like I'm I'm about to speak to her. She ain't about to be mugging me. Like it ain't too many chocolate drops up in here. We're gonna be friends. Um, and so I would like compliment her here and there, but it still wouldn't be as consistent. So I would like peek into her office because her um desk and setup was right at the glass door, like glass window. So you couldn't do nothing but see her, see her working. And so um I would be like, I like your shirt or, oh, my gosh, I love your dress. You know, I would just say little things here and there. And she'd be like, oh, thank you. And she would smile. And I'm like, see, I knew she was nice. Like, she just real focused. And um, then a little, I guess a few months after just like our random like encounters, whether it was me complimenting her or us being in the kitchen at the same time, um, I actually got moved into her office space. And so me and her shared the office. So I'm going to let her tell y'all what she thought when, when she first heard that she was getting the office mate. But um, I didn't think too much about it. And I just remember God really used that, that office that we shared as a safe haven. It became like our prayer room. It was where we was watching our breakfast club interviews. It was where I was on FaceTime all day, like writing my book and really 
God used this small office space to build a foundation of friendship on faith. Like me and her are literally interconnected. And I know I, I said about Olivia yesterday, how when we met for um, at Bishop T.D. Jakes, that God really um, got water dripping everywhere. That God really like told me that me and her relationship was more than just a season, but a lifelong thing. But Dana is really like my covenant sister. Like, I have always prayed and I always desired to have a sister. I am the oldest child and I only got a little brother, but I met this girl and I, of course I have best friends and other people that I consider a sister, but this, like this girl is my sister or this girl is my sister. Um, and the faith, my sister and the spirit, when we left or when she left to go to law school, we, I wrote her a letter and she wrote me a letter. And I, because how our relationship formed was like, okay, we were coworkers. And then it kind of became like a spiritual guide mentorship type of thing. Then like being like sisters in the spirit, sisters in Christ, like equally yoked, like as much as I'm pouring into her, she's pouring into me. And then when we discovered like our giftings around the same time, and that was very similar. We start realizing like, yo, God really put us together for such a time as this. And so it does not matter. I I have hopped like been driving from St. Louis and didn't think I was gonna make it there in time and hopped on the Greyhound to make sure I made it to this girl graduation party. Like if it comes to Dana, I'm gonna show up for her. And I have never met somebody as consistent in support as Dana. This girl, she attends and buys in and pays for stuff that don't, doesn't even benefit her. Like she came to my first entrepreneurial conference and she's not even an entrepreneur. Like she just has always been there. I cannot think of one moment that Dana has not been there for me. Even in some of my lowest moments in some of when I was even going through depression last year, like she was one of the very few people that knew about me and knew about it. She was calling, checking up on me, telling her pastor about what was going on, like praying. This girl is a prayer warrior. So I love Dana. Like I love, love, love her. I get on her nerves, but I don't care. Like, I be praying even more like, God, thank you for strengthening our relationship. And she called me Erky. I call her the same thing. And so I'm excited to formally introduce my sister. We were besties before testies, Dana Kyle. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> I haven't heard that. Besties before testies? Besties before testies. We put each other before me, even though, like, you basically engaged. But, you know, and he was there before me. But, you know, still, like, I love Mike. I love you. So is there anything that you want to say about how much you love me and our friendship? Oh, this is being recorded, so you can use this in the future. So probably not. <laughs> because you asked me to, I will say that God clearly ordained the moment we met and that read the reason why we met and how we met because when you walked past my office um i noted you and, and you had your hair natural and i was like oh who's that black girl but that's all i thought of it and at the same time i had an office mate who was currently leaving because she was just an intern and when she left it was just me in the office and i said oh thank god i could finally be in a space by myself because i'm an only child and i prefer to be in space by myself and then like a couple of days later, some IT men came in and they started setting the computer up. And I was like, what y'all doing? And they was like, oh, someone else is coming. I was like, who? And they was like, Cassandra. And I'm like, who is Cassandra? And I was just too through, too upset. I was mad I was getting an office mate. I was mad, just mad. And then right. you showed up and I was like, oh, that's the girl. And I was like, well, whatever. And I think on the first day, if not the second, it was definitely the first or second day. 
you said something, we had some conversation and you just kept talking about Jesus and you were like, oh, I'm sorry, I keep talking about Jesus. I'm just a Christian. And I was like, I'm a Christian too. And then ever since then, history was made. So it was just very um, ordained. Ever since then, we've been besties. And it was just a test to me or a testimony for me to um, speak to my, that spoke to my spirit, my unwilling spirit. <laughs> And that God just knows best, even when we don't want some. Yeah, because look at us now. Office mates to besties. Okay, so Instagram. I'm sorry, I forgot to go live with y'all. Um, hi, Instagram. It is Cassandra. It is Thursday. We're going to be doing a word and prayer. I have a special guest over on Facebook. So if you are not following me or my friend or on Facebook, you should go ahead and hop over there. Become my friend and then, you know, join us because it's about to be good. But if not, I'm going to just turn the camera and show it like I did last time. All right. So how we're going to do this is I did that formal introduction. Her name is Dana uh, Macbeth. Dana Kyle to those who are, are her best friends and know her all her life like me. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to pray us in and then we're going to get started. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the hearts. Thank you for the likes. Thank you for the shares. And so without further ado, let us pray in. Dear God, I thank you just for being so sovereign in our lives, for being our alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, we just want to take a second to acknowledge you to worship you, to thank you for being our father, for th to thank you for being our friend. You never leave nor forsake us, even when we want to go our separate and rebellious way, even when we try to pull our hand from you, Lord God, you don't let us go. Even when we want to throw tantrums and be like those bad kids in the center aisle of a grocery store, you continue to generously and um, gently love us, Lord God. Even when we spit in your face or slap you, Lord God, even when we disrespect you in the most unintentional or intentional ways, you never turn your back on us. You never turn your face. And so for that, for your grace, for your mercy, for your unfailing love, for your unconditional forgiveness, God, I just want to thank you. I ask that you forgive us for any and all sins that we have committed against you, whether it was knowingly or unknowingly, willingly and unwillingly. And when it comes to um, the COVID-19, the pandemic that's sweeping the nations, when it comes to the coronavirus, I just want to apply the blood of Jesus. And I decree and declare that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And what the devil has intended for bad God that you are making good. I thank you for rising your children up in this season. I thank you that you have been preparing us for in private, Lord God, for such a time as this. So now... Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this space. You can think through our minds and speak through our lips and give us the tongue of the learned so that God is glorified. Lord, we just want to be used by you. So meet the needs of your people on today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, hey, Instagram. Oh, your cousin on Instagram. <laughs> oh, Diana. Dana on Facebook. All right. So, um. <laughs> Dana, I'm going to let you kick it off. Do you have anything, a specific word that you had wanted to share with the people? Or did you want me to go first? Or how you want to do this? Uh, if you want to go first, feel led. No, I feel you can go ahead. Oh, Lord. Okay. So um, I recently shared a message on Instagram and Facebook, social media, um, via a video for the first time ever, because I don't normally do these things. And it was about hearing God's call, hearing God's voice. Uh, it stems from a clip I posted 
from the Behind Her Faith series where Essence Atkins shared a testimony that was very strong and powerful and I really appreciate her doing that. And in her testimony, she basically talks about an encounter she had with God and how that led her to a deeper understanding of how personal this relationship with God and Christ is. And based on that clip that I posted, a friend reached out to me and said that, you know, he um, hasn't heard from God yet. And he's not sure if it's because he's not looking or listening close enough. At the same time, this person is not a believer in the sense that he is not saved. However, he, I know, has a uh, call over his life and a purpose in his life. And he has this deep yearning to get to know God. So we spoke about a lot of things. And based on that conversation, I was led by God to record that conversation and post it in the video, which then led more people to then respond to me based on the conversation I had with my original friend. And it really sparked a lot of questions for some people who feel like they never hear from God. And now I have believers who were in my inbox saying the same thing. Wow. When I say believers, I mean, not just that they believe, but I mean, they've been walking, they've been walking in their purpose. They attend church, they attend Bible studies, they have um, relationships with a lot of spiritual people, they have spiritual mentors, and they still are saying that they feel that they don't hear from God. And I think that's one thing that I hear consistently across the board from people who are non-believers, people who are on milk, people who aren't even on meat in their relationship with Christ and it's one thing that I know the enemy attacks a lot of people with is their ability and discernment to hear from God and know when they're hearing from God. And the one person that I was speaking to uh, this morning about that also revealed that their uh, ability to hear is connected to their anger and resentment towards God. And then that just led to a whole other conversation, uh, which I think is also another tactic of the enemy that gets to a lot of people is they they will have anger, resentment, or disappointment with God and that deep-rooted feeling that they either are acknowledging or not acknowledging then festers and manifests in so many different forms that they don't even recognize the fruits of their wound. Yeah. They think the fruits of their wound are separate from the wound itself. So for instance, them saying, I don't hear from God, they think it's just a, I don't hear from God problem. But really it's a, no, you don't hear from God because you don't have faith in God, because you are hurt, because you don't believe in God, because he hurt your feelings when he disappointed you. And so it becomes a deeper rooted issue that all feeds back to um, something that can be real. I mean, it's real to have feelings where you're disappointed in something. However, then the enemy attacks that wound with deceit and lies and says, yeah, you don't hear from God because he didn't hear from him that time. And then those lies and deceit then fester and produce this fruit of, you know, disconnection from God. And so I really encourage the person I was speaking to to recognize that it's a root problem because they didn't even recognize how angry they were at God. They acknowledged that they were, but I don't think they recognized how angry they were to the point that they don't recognize this manifestation in the natural. And we have to recognize that everything that manifests in the natural stems from something in the supernatural. Everything seen stems from something in the unseen. And I recently shared with you, Cassandra, on the phone too, when we had a video chat with our God's Man um, prayer line video chat thing that uh, my pastor recently spoke on in Bible study the moment where Paul was being followed by a woman who was possessed by a demon and he, the demon was irritating him or the woman 
the scene was irritating him. And his irritation, God used that irritation for Paul to move and then speak to that demon. But when Paul got irritated, he didn't speak to the scene. He spoke to the unseen. He spoke to the demon. He said, demon, get out of her. He didn't tell her, girl, stop following me. He spoke to the unseen and he said, demon, get out of me. And or get yeah. out of get out of her. And so we have to recognize that a lot of the manifestations that we see in the scenes stem from things that are in the unseen. And we need to be speaking to those unseen things and not the manifestations of them in the natural, because those are just symptomatic symptomatic um, issues that are coming from a deeper womb. And so her issue that started from a conversation about hearing from God led to us saying, no, let's look at the womb. Let's look at the unseen womb. Let's look at why are you mad? And then let's speak to that. So I know when I was in an issue one time where I guess I was mad at God in the sense that I was disappointed because I didn't receive something I wanted. I didn't even know I was mad at God. And so the, when it was manifesting in a disconnect from him relationally, I didn't even know that it stemmed from that wound until you, Cassandra, in the office one day, just was, you were on your computer and you randomly turned around and you were like, so why are you mad at God? I was like, what? One, where did that come from? Two, who said I'm mad at God? And then you, you were like, you know, you don't got to give me the answer. I just want you to think about it. And then I was like, yeah, okay. What's, and it really like, really struck me that one, you said that, because that was one of the first times that God spoke to me directly through someone. But also then it spoke to me because it made me check myself. Like, am I mad at God? Why am I mad at God? And the only reason that I could come up with at the time was that I was disappointed that I didn't receive something that I really, really wanted. And then now that I was able to acknowledge that wound or acknowledge that it was even there, because for me, I didn't even know it was there. Now, some people, they know when they're mad at God and they say it outright, but some people it's so deep, you don't even know it's there. So the fact that you were able to call it out allowed me to not only acknowledge it, but then speak to it and say, okay, why am I mad? Why am I disappointed? Okay, because I wanted this one thing. And then that, along with other things, led me to fast and pray. And I wasn't even fasting and praying about that per se, but then God wound up revealing to me while I was fasting and praying about other things, why he didn't allow me to receive the thing I thought I wanted so much. And you actually helped me once again, um, interpret a dream that he gave me because he spoke to me in a dream. And one of the things that I, um, said in my message last night is that God speaks in so many various ways. A lot of times we look for that grandiose moment, whether it be the Damascus Road, blinding light, loud voice coming from heaven, or that burning bush. But a lot of times God speaks to us in that still small voice. Like he told Elijah, I'm not in the earthquake, I'm not in the wind, I'm not in the fire. And he told him in a whisper that he was in that still small voice. And when we look at Samuel, God called him out of his sleep with just Samuel, Samuel. So we have to look at the various ways that God calls us and speaks to us. And one of the ways he speaks to me very vividly is through my dreams. So one night he gave me a dream that I then brought to Cassandra to help me interpret. And that interpretation led me to realize the reason I wasn't given what I wanted was because God had not called me to it because it was full of chaos, um, judgment, and something else. It was chaos, judgment, and something else. And he was saying, you know, the reason I said no all these times is because it was, it was my protection. It wasn't, you know, because you you can't get it because honestly you can get it but the no's were my protection and he said no to me three times and he yeah. said the next time you go for it you will get it but I don't want you to go for it because I did not call you to it and that was up to you and so now I was like okay it was like do you want God's will or do you want what you want because God's already said that the best way is to not go for this and my will was what I wanted so that's when I have to decide if I wanted God's will on my own and 
that meant that I want what God wanted or what I wanted. And that's what really was the root in my disappointment is that God didn't give me what I wanted. And then so I really had to pray because I wanted God's will and not what I wanted. And then I said, well, God, if I'm going to go with what you want, that means you got to remove this desire from me. Yeah. So I honestly can say that over like the last five years, because this is about, it's about four four years ago, that desire has been removed. But every now and then the devil does sneak up and try to drop certain seeds and that uh, bitterness tries to fester again. But it's nowhere near as strong and I'm able to recognize it when he does do those deceitful things and speak to that and say, nah, judgment, disorder, I don't need it. And so um, I'm able to then stand on God's word when I'm hit with those deceit and lies. And now I don't have that disappointment and so I, because I don't have that disappointment, my relationship obviously with God over the last four years has grown. But this all came from me speaking to a root issue that was like a spiritual seed. And so I just encourage people who are angry with God, feel resentful or disappointment um, to speak to that issue with God. And my pastor, the Bible said last night, and he said in prayer, you know, we do three things. We ask, we tell, and we um, listen. So, you know, you ask for things, but then you also tell God things like, God, I'm mad for you. I'm mad at this. I'm mad at this situation. Even if it's not him, you know, you're just telling him your complaints, but at the same time you listen. And so it's okay to tell God, God, I'm mad at you because of X, Y, and Z, but then sit there and listen so he can tell you, okay, now this is why X, Y, and Z happened. So that you can either get over it or have a better understanding of it. And then that when that wound is removed, it's harder for the enemy to sneak in and force the deceit and lies off of that wound. So if you're having a hard time hearing from God, I encourage you to really take a deeper look at why. Mm-hmm. Girl, so good. I should have been taking notes because I had a lot that I wanted to say, but I didn't want to interrupt you. One, one of the biggest things that you said is that when the man, uh, well, when the woman was irritating, who was it? Was oh. it Paul? Yeah, oh. when the woman... Yeah, so when the woman was following them and irritating Paul, like it wasn't her. It was the spirit that was possessing her. It was the spirit that was dwelling within her. And so that really stood out to me because, and you said, like, he ain't speak to the woman. He spoke to the problem. He spoke to that unseen thing. Immediately, that made me think of Ephesians 6, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And so I even want to read that because I talk, I feel like I talk about the armor of God quite often um, now. Instagram, y'all got to have to just look at me and not Dana because I can't be doing everything. <laughs> but I love y'all. All right. And so um, with Ephesians 6, it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And then it starts like specifically speaking to what are the things that we are wrestling with? Because a lot of times we have these issues. We have these problems with people and it's not the people. Like we can be saying like, oh, you're annoying me. You're irking me. You're irritating me. My my boss is getting on my nerves. My coworker is getting on my nerves. My mama is getting on my nerves. My kids are getting on. like you consistently. But like, is it them? Is it something that you're personally dealing with? Or is it a spirit that is like, again, irritating you? And so that was one of the things that Dana said that I really want to make sure that I apply the scripture to it so that you guys can understand. And then something else that she said, I'm gonna talk about in a minute. So if we just go to Ephesians six, verse number 10, it says, finally, my brother and be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness, of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. So literally 
that's kind of really talking about like the hierarchy or or like the spiritual warfare. Anytime that people are saying like, oh, I'm going through spiritual warfare or oh, I'm battling this or I'm dealing with that. Like that isn't it isn't a person. It isn't a situation. It isn't a thing. It is actually um, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Like those are the things that you're currently battling with. So when you have an understanding, now you can be more equipped and more knowledgeable. Okay, now how do I fight this battle correctly? And so, like she said, Paul, he spoke to the thing. He spoke to the demon. He cast it out. So he knew the power and the authority that resided on the inside of him, right? And he knew, like, I can speak to a thing, and I have power, dominion, and control over this thing. And so whatever I speak, because of my faith and because of the power that dwells on the inside of me, then that thing will be removed. Um, and so it, it then goes on to say, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. So like how do, what is, what is required for us to stand? It depends on the situation. It depends on the circumstance. Standing can look different for different people in different situations and different circumstances. But at the end of the day, you're supposed to do whatever it is that God told you to do. Which kind of brings me to my second point from what Dana said. A lot of times we can have like this church hurt or like this unforgiveness or this bitterness and anger towards God. And we don't know why we don't. Sometimes, like Dana said, we don't even know that we have an issue with God until we start identifying and examining our heart and our heart posture and our actions. Right. Or somebody may call that thing out. And so when you get to the root of it, like, you know, why am I feeling a certain type of way? against God or towards God or what is it that he has done or didn't do that's making me feel displeasure in my relationship or disconnected even if I'm still going through through the motions right even if I'm still going to church even if I'm still you know smiling even if I'm still going to work and doing everything that's required of me and I talked about that yesterday with my example like your phone your charger can be in the socket but there'd be no connection like you, you can literally have like my phone was on the charger all night. The little light was on, but there was a circuit. It was a shortage. And somehow I was I, even though it appeared to be connected, there was something that was missing. And so when I woke up the next morning and my phone was still on 17 percent, I, ha I had to figure out what was the issue. Was it the socket? Was it the source? Was it my phone? And so because I started examining what was going on around me so that I can figure out what was the source of the disconnection, then immediately, immediately when I found the source, I was able to reconnect it properly and then receive the recharge and refueling that I needed for in order for my phone to receive the update that was required. And so I'm saying all that to say is like, ask yourself the hard questions. And then like Dana said, be still enough to receive the answer from God. A lot of times we get disappointed in God because we're praying for one thing and then receiving another thing, right? So we can pray like, God, I want this. I want that. I'm believing you. I'm fasting. I'm praying, but not, not my will, but yours be done. So the moment that we say not my will, but yours be done or God, but, but at the end of the day, I just want what you got for me. Then that, that literally kind of like, I don't want to say it contradicts or counteracts, but it, it, it puts a, like an amendment on, nah, that's not a good word. I don't know the exact word that I'm trying to say, but it's basically saying like, I want this thing. I want that thing. I want it at this time. But you know, God, at the end of the day, I want what you got for me. But then what if what he has for us isn't in uh, relation to what we've asked for? So we don't get what it is that we received. Or uh, I want to take it a step back 
is it that you're asking for things that your faith is not built up enough to receive? Girl, because you know I talked about that with the person. Girl, you know, do you want to talk on that before I go in anymore? Let me grab uh, Instagram so they can hear you. Go ahead. <laughs> Briefly, the person in their talking did exactly what you said and was contradicting, because I'm going to use that word, themselves by saying, yeah, I can hear from God, or I'm asking to hear from God, but I'm not expecting to hear from God. I was like, bro, you literally are contradicting yourself because you don't even recognize the seed of your disappointment because you don't expect something. But in the book of James chapter one, it says that that person is like the wave of the sea moving or being tossed to and fro. And that person is unstable in all their ways and they're double-minded. And I guess just to read that in its entirety and um, exact in its exact um, verbatim, in James um, chapter one, verse, I think that's five. It starts at five. It says, uh, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Yeah. The person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So you can't go to God asking for something, whether it be his will or whatever you're asking for, but then expecting it not to happen. God said he's faithful and he will do it. And that if you ask and it's according to his will, you will receive. So if you're going in and you're saying, well, I don't know if it's going to happen or I don't expect it to happen, but God let your will be done. You double-minded and God already like, you ain't doing what I, I already commanded you to do. Because in the book of James, it says he commands us to do that. I think mm -hmm. also First Thessalonians 5, it says it commands us to uh, have faith. So just speaking to that, you're going to be unstable in all your ways if you're allowing your doubt to supersede even in your prayers. So look at look at how much faith you have, even in your asking. And if it's natural to have doubt. However, you have to then be intentional and speak and say, God, speak to my unbelief. God, speak yeah. to my disbelief. God, build up my faith. And it says in Romans, I think 10, um, faith is built up from hearing the word of God. So then go to your word. So you have to be intentional, which is also something I wanted to say when you were talking about Paul. I reread the book of Acts like two or three times now. And in my third time, because you receive something different every time, one thing that stood out in multiple verses when Paul is working God's miracles through the Holy Spirit, whether it be exorcism or healing, he or the Bible says he looked intently, mm -hmm. intently at the issue. He looked intently at the demon and said whatever he said. So that word intently was used multiple times in multiple chapters and multiple verses that when Paul spoke to the thing or when Paul was uh, doing God's miracles, he did it with intention. So yeah. I forgot what you were saying about Paul and when he and when it comes to, to warfare and how you stand. But one thing that is certain is that you have to be intentional. <laughs> OK, first of all, because why would you? Diana said we better leave her alone. We blow herself up because I didn't even say nothing. She said, you and Dana better, Dana better leave me alone. Stop coming for me. Keep on her street. I ain't say no names. I'm <laughs> keeping anonymity and being discreet. Okay? That's, 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 you and, that's God. That's God. That's the spirit. Wait, one of the biggest things, though, that um, I want to clarify is like when it comes to hearing God and speaking about faith, right? You, we get disappointed when we feel like God don't answer our prayers when we haven't one built up a prayer life, but two also built up 
because prayer is not just asking. Dana gave us the formula of what prayer entails. Prayer is just like two-way communication. So just like me and Dana are in the midst of a conversation right now, I, I when she's about to talk, I shut up. I stop talking and I listen. And I'm not listening to respond. I'm listening to receive. I'm waiting for her response so that I can receive that thing, right? And so that's what prayer is. We're praying, of course, we're asking for things. We're believing for things. We're just telling God about our day, but it's a conversation. So in the midst of praying, are you being still? Are you stopped? Are you going to shut up for a second so that God can speak? Because he's never silent. I mean, he's never silent. He doesn't stop speaking. Is it that we stop listening? And so when I'm saying that, you need to be building up your prayer life. That's also building up your faith because like Dana said, that Roman scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so you're asking God like, God, I need this. God, I need that. I'm praying for a word. But if you, how are you praying for a word or expecting the answer if you're not first in your word? And so that's anytime anybody is asking me or telling me like they're trying to hear from God and they haven't received or they don't, they haven't received an answer from God or they haven't received a call. My first, my first question is like, oh, have you asked specific questions? Because specific questions receive specific answers. The Bible says, I feel like it's Matthew 7, 7, ask and you shall receive, right? Seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be open. So are you asking? Are you being specific? And then are you seeking, right? Seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. So if you're asking these questions, are you then seeking his word for an answer? Because the Bible says that he will confirm his word. But how can he confirm his word if you are not first in your word? Whoopsie. Sorry, Instagram. <laughs> Lord, I got to give me some phone stands. No, I don't want to end the video. That's the devil. I rebuke the devil trying to come up against this spirit of God. Um, all right. And I'm also rebuke my uh, I'm going to rebuke myself for not being having better stands. OK, I'm about to hold you in a minute. Jesus. Thank y'all for holding on. All right. So being your word in order to receive a word um, and then build your faith. So we know I talked about this on Monday through Wednesday, like faith comes by hearing. There are different things that we can do to build our faith. We can pray. We can fast. We can intercede, which is to pray in tongues. Um, we can read scripture. We can the testing of your faith. So that's how you build, because faith is a muscle, right? Faith is something that is strengthened the more that you use it. So you can test yourself or, you know, God can test you as well, but you can test yourself. For example, you can do something specific like, God, I'm believing that I'm going to use me, for example. In college, I remember my um, pastor, at the, I mean, in high school, whatever, I don't know. And when I was still in St. Louis, my pastor at the time had gave us a goal. And he was like, you know, like we're raising money for something. I don't know. And we didn't have like building funds and nothing like that. He was actually teaching us the principle of faith. And he was like, you know, we weren't raising money because we don't we didn't really ever raise money. He was teaching us the principles of faith. And then he said, you know, I'm going to give you guys a challenge. I want you to. Ask God for a particular amount that you want to sow and make sure that it's an amount that you don't normally sow so that when you receive it, he said, be very specific in your acts so that when you receive it, you know that it's God. And so my little 18 year old, but was probably giving offering of $5 back then, right? A dollar, $5. And so I remember asking God, like, God, I want to sow a $100 seed into the church. Whoa, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna have to go back to my desk. Y'all just not gonna have to see me clear because I don't got time for this. All right. 
So I would ask God, like, God, I, I mean, I was like, God, I remember praying. I didn't tell my mama. I didn't tell anybody. I was like, God, I want to sell a $100 seed, right, um, as an offering. And I said, and God, I don't want it to come from my job. I don't want it to come from my mama. And I don't want it to come from my grandpa. Because if it come from those three sources, I'm going to think that money is mine. So I want $100. And if I said, well, if I said, I don't know if I said, if I said, and when you give me this hundred, I'm going to give it to you. But you show me that you're God. You know, I'm going to test you. I'm going to try you in this. God, I want $100. So I can, and I'm going to give the whole $100 to you and let it come in one large lump sum. Yeah, I went to, so don't judge my life. I went to a party. Uh, I, so I had to be a freshman in college. So I went to a party at Mizzou. And I was at the party and I'm sitting down, like trying to be cute, like boo, 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 like a little water cup in my hand. And I'm drinking this water cup and this man, I guess I was sitting by the bar and this man walks up and he just got a lot of cash. Like this dude got so much money. And he had a two, I think he had like two drinks and his drinks was not water. He had like two drinks in his hand, a lot of cash. And I'm looking over at him and my little butt, I said, I, this, these are my exact words to him. I said, be careful. Now, don't again, don't judge me. I said, be careful. You wouldn't want any of that money to drop. Like, I just, I just was like, I don't know why I said that or what made me say that. And he looked over at me. And again, I was like a little freshman. So he looked over at me and he was like, I got a little mama. I was like, cool. Continued on my day. Next thing, he walks away and then he comes back within the same 60 seconds. And he's like, here, thanks for looking out. I'm like, thank you. I'm just, I just know that this dude had gave me a 20. I was like, thank you. He didn't ask for my number. He didn't say, do you want to drink or nothing? He walked away and came back and was like, thanks for looking out and handed me some money. So I just closed my hand until he walked away because I didn't want to look thirsty over this little money, right? And so my best friend came over to me and she was like, girl, how much he give you? I said, girl, probably 20. I looked at it. It was a $100 bill. I said, oh. And then she said, girl, she said, what did you say? I'm about to go tell him you wouldn't want to drop some money. I'm like, bro, it's not, it's not going to work, but go, that's exactly what I said. And so I knew in the middle of this club, like in the middle of this party as an 18-year-old freshman in college, that God had answered my prayer, <laughs> even in the midst of like this sinful place. Like God had answered my prayer and met the need. I couldn't wait to get back home and tell my mama this story. Like I could not wait to go to church on Sunday and sow that $100 seed. But that's how in today, like I know that, God, God has proven himself to me. And so I shared that story because if you're trying to believe God and you're asking him for something and then he doesn't answer, are you doubtful or do you know that he's going to come through? Do you know that he's going to answer your prayer? Right. You cannot ask and then be like, well, God, it, I don't know. I'm not too sure if you're going to like, no, God, I'm asking. I'm believing. I'm boldly confessing. I know that you are God. I know that you are my provider. I know that you are my way maker. Like, you know, and then you have this confidence in the surety. Like Dana said, doubts will arise. But that's when you go back to the word of God and you feed your faith and you you confess, uh, confess um, you, you out of the abundance of your heart. What is that scripture? The mouth speaks. Yep. The abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. And so whatever is in your heart is what you're speaking out loud. But if faith comes by hearing, then that means that you need to be reading scripture and feeding your faith because it's going to become embedded in your heart. And have the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So now you're feeding and this word is becoming embedded in your heart. And now when you speak this thing out loud, now you're also feeding your faith. And so it's a cycle. It's a cycle, right? It is just a cycle. And so faith is a cycle. Faith is a muscle. So what my challenge to you is don't 
get so angry and so mad and so disappointed with God when your prayer isn't answered, when you haven't built up your prayer life, you haven't built up the relationship, you haven't built up your faith. And so I try God in the small things. Even to this day, 30-year-old Cassandra tries God in the small things. Like that $100 at 18 didn't look small to me. But at 30 years old, like I try God in the small things like God to strengthen. I do things to strengthen my spiritual ear. Like I ask God, like, God, should I go to McDonald's or I don't say McDonald's? Should I go to Chipotle or should I go home? That's me trying to strengthen my spiritual ear to hear him more clearly. I'm asking him, should I go to the Chipotle or should I go home? Because I want to see like, God, do you want me to say this little money or do you want me to go there? Am I going to meet somebody when I'm like, I just want to know what, what you want me to do right now. And it me, me hearing him, me intentionally training my ear, strengthening my discernment, asking these questions to build my relationship has obviously awarded me a, a strong spiritual ear. To where now I know the difference between God's voice. I know the difference between God's voice, my voice, and the enemy's voice. Am I perfect? No. Do I always get it right? Absolutely not. But I'm consistently and intentionally trying. Um, you had said something else I can't remember. But that was good. All right. Instagram talking about God will show you who he is. Preach mama, a cycle of fire, exercise your faith. Yeah, y'all lit over here. What Facebook talking about? Facebook. Y'all be the main people talking. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna just finish this scripture and then we can pray out. Don't judge my Bible neither. It's been it's been through with me. All right. So in Ephesians 6, um, we're just gonna start at verse number 14. Nope, we're gonna start at 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, right? Having girded your ways with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So in a nutshell, what is the armor of God? The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield to spread the gospel of peace. The, no, no, no. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes to spread the gospel of peace, the shield of faith. It says above all taking the shield of faith. And so me and Dana are specifically talking about faith because it's a faith walk. It's a faith journey. So if you are having issues with hearing God, Seeing if he's what is your purpose, answering the call, knowing what how to pray, trying to build your faith is because you, you have to have an understanding of what faith is. Right. And how and how to build this thing and and what I need to do in order to strengthen my faith. And so when it says the shield of faith, I always give the example. I don't want my Bible pages to get lost. I always give the example of like in the old day, like in them Jesus times, I swear the old day, in Jesus times, like that shield was huge. Like the shield, and I talked about this, I feel like on last week's live stream, on one of last week's live stream, the shield was so huge that they were able to stick it in the ground and hide behind it, their entire bodies. So when the fiery darts was like, because you know, they was blowing arrow in the back then. Like when the fiery darts or the bullets or whatever was coming and this this thing was made of steel, like it wasn't a little flimsy aluminum foil. Um, well, not that they make shields in aluminum foil, but y'all get it. Like this thing was strong. It was sturdy. It was made of steel so that when they put it into the ground, they can hide their entire body behind it. That's how that's what how God wants us to see faith. 
that faith is our shield. Faith is our protection. That's why the scriptures say, for we walk by faith and not by sight. You're not supposed to be moved by what you see. Sight is uh, symbolic and metaphorically speaking, of course, of, of your natural sight, but also of your senses. And so when God is saying, before we walk by faith and not by sight, we walk by faith and not our senses, not by what we see, not by what we hear, not by how we feel, not by our emotions, but by God's word and his word alone. Veil the truth, breastplate of righteousness, shoes to spread the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which goes back to what Dana was saying, is that we have to speak to the thing. So that means that what? Our words are our weapon. That's so good. That thing can preach. Our words are our weapon. <laughs> like, our words are our weapon. And then, and what is that? Proverbs 18? Power For life and death. For the, the power of life and death is in your tongue. So if you want to know how to fight, if you want to know how to stand, get into this scripture and speak because that is on, the only weapon that we have. All the other gear is what? Protective gear. Everything that's the that's everything else is protecting us. This is the only is offensively like this is the only de defensive weapon that we have, and it's the word of God. Any last words for the people, Dana? Uh, just that I encourage you all to get into your word. Um, one that's something God has been speaking to me over the years. For me personally, I know it's um a call for me uh, as a Bible teacher, but. It, it's also sparked a desire to have a better understanding of the word. And I've recognized, but I've recognized this year specifically how important it is to speak the word and yeah. it, how, um, how the word really pierces like a double-edged sword and how the word really just gets to the soul like no, nothing else really can in ways that other things can't. And like for instance, I was listening to, I was in church listening to a sermon one time and the sermon was good. It was cute. I liked it. Hey, inspirational. But it wasn't until he was starting to quote scripture that I felt my spirit move. And he said, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I should feel no evil. And in that moment, I just had like inspiration, not even inspiration. I just had revelation. I had a deeper design, a deeper understanding because I was now resting on that. And ever since then, I've been quoting Psalm 23 like almost every day since I heard him say that. So that seed that he sowed came from the word of God and it's already uh, done what it needed to do and working in my life. I had Psalm 23 memorized since I was six years old, but when he said it again, sitting there at a 29 year old, as a 29 year old woman, it hit different. And I was able to stand on it in a different way and use it throughout this entire year. And I think it's very relevant now in the season we're in, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I should fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And so I encourage you all to go to the word, not only as a weapon, but as your rock, and as the thing that comforts you, and as that thing that you can stand on, and as that thing that can pierce your soul and get to you and speak to you like nothing else can. And um, I know that God is encouraging people to pray, especially in this season. I've been challenged by that specifically to encourage people to pray more and pray specifically to the season that we're in. I refuse to talk about what it is because I'm not giving more power to it, but you all know what I'm speaking of. And so not only is God calling us to pray in this season, God is calling us um, and giving us the urgency to not delay in the prayer, but also the urgency to get in his word. And so for those who are, are battling with faith, I encourage you to read Hebrews 11, which is the book of or a chapter on faith. Um, and when Cassandra was speaking, Hebrews 1, 11, 1 really stood out that hope is the, faith is the uh, hope, 
Faith is the, let me just read it. We don't want to talk about Faith is the confidence of the things that we hope for, the assurance of the things we do not see. Yeah. And, or the evidence. I know in another version it says the evidence of, of the things we don't see. And so faith really is about the unseen, but we have to realize that we're operating as we read from Ephesians 6 in the spiritual realm, even though we are occupying a natural one. So I encourage you to read Hebrews 11, Ephesians 6. And for those who are in the season of testing God's faith, I encourage you to read Judges 6 because God is no um, stranger to being tested. And he actually encouraged us to test him. And with Gideon, he said, all right, I want you to go do, do this in battle. And Gideon was like, nah, I'm gonna test you first. So it's okay if you do want to test God. So I encourage you to read those um, scriptures and to just get in the word in general and other scriptures we've mentioned today, James 1. I encourage you to not only get on your knees, but get in your Bible. So That's good. We're about to pray out, but she said one last thing that like triggered me and I need to share it with y'all. Like, this is how me and Dana be, y'all. We be ping-ponging. And this girl... <laughs> She be she always make me tap into my prophetic bag. I promise you. But okay, so Dana said something about the definition of faith is what Hebrews eleven one, mm-hmm. and it's the evidence of things not seen, right? And we just spoke about like that spirit. He didn't speak of Paul when he cast the spirit out of the woman, right? It was something that was unseen, that was irritating him. And so a lot of people with the climate that we're in in today's society, a lot of people are fearful and anxious and overwhelmed and afraid of what's going on, of the uncertainty, of the things that are not seen, of the things, of the possibility of what's to come. Like people are not even afraid of like, like it just the, the thought of this could possibly happen is making people instilling fear, right? And so if faith is the unseen and fear is the unseen, that means that you get to choose which which report will you believe, right? If you can't see either of them, right? Faith is believing in fear. I mean, faith is believing in this unseen, and then fear is believing in the unseen, like false evidence appearing real. These are you get to choose. Like, are you gonna put your belief system this? And the unseen, or if you're gonna, are you gonna put your belief system in faith, or are you gonna put your belief system in fear? Because if they, if they're both operating in the same realm of the unseen, right? We get to choose where we want to put our power in. This is why it's so important, and it's so, um, like I don't think what's a stronger word for important, Dana? Pivotal, mm-hmm. integral. It's so serious. I'm just using serious. It is so important. It is so important for us to make sure that we are intentional and we are strategic with what we are feeding ourselves and what we are allowing into our system. That is why this entire week is called Faith Week. And this entire week is all surrounded about, I mean, surrounded by shifting your perspective. We have to make sure that we are shifting our perspective into what it is that God says and not what man says or what we believe. So I'm going to let Dana pray us out. I was just going to say what you just said, um, where, and are you going to put your power in faith or are you going to put your power in fear? But also if you're deciding to put your power in faith, where you, where are you putting your faith? Because I've had too many people, Christian and not, say, yeah, well, the news said this and the media said that and they said it's going to last till December. And I've just been shutting them down so fast. And it's like, all right, so you're going to believe what the media says, you're going to believe what God. Because I've had friends, like I've had Christians be like, nah, they say it's about to last nine months. Who's they? You putting your faith in the media? You putting your faith in man? You putting your faith in the world? Okay, because when I was speaking to God, I was like, God, this is going to be gone. 
This is my guy. Faster. And in my own prayers, I'm like, shoot, I'm with Trump. This is going to be done by Easter because I'm mad that I can't be in church on Easter. And I refuse to send my 30th birthday in June under lockdown. So, God, I already know this is going to be over soon. <laughs> this too shall pass soon. I'm not going to like look to the news and say this too shall pass in December 2021. No, I'm not. This ain't a man. First of all, this ain't a man thing. This is my a thing. So, why are you looking to man for answers? That's why y'all so confused because y'all looking to the wrong people for answers. Ooh, okay, that's my last thing. I promise it's going to be my last thing for real. So one of the things that I've been telling people, I promise it's going to be my last thing, but Dana keep on saying good stuff. So one of the things that I've been telling people, hey, Ramon, one of the things that I've been telling people is that you have to feed yourself twice as much as twice the twice as much as of faith as you are consuming fear. Right. And so if we are because I'm not going to tell you not to stay abreast, I'm not uh, like I'm not going to tell you not to, you know, be, be knowledgeable about what's going on. Like, you know, watch the news, get on social media as it pertains and affects you. But do not be consistently consuming this thing 24 seven, like all day, every day, watching the news nonstop, getting alerts sent to your phone on social media, just for consistent, consistent, consistent updates. So you just feeding, feeding, feeding your face. I mean, fear, feeding, feeding, feeding what the media says and what, because they only give you bad news anyway. So you're consistently feeding your fear, but how are you counteracting what you are consuming? How are you counteracting what you are consuming? And so my biggest advice to absolutely everybody is that if you're going to watch the news, if you're going to go on social media, if you're going to consume or, you know, try to do what is what is required of you to stay abreast of what's going on, then make sure that you are. OK, I didn't watch 30 minutes of the news. It's time for me to watch a 60 minute sermon. Um, OK, I just was scrolling on social media. It's time for me to scroll through these pages in my Bible. All right. So I was just had a conversation with somebody who was speaking negatively and I had to consistently rebuke them. So now let me put on my worship music. Like you feed if you're going to feed yourself what's going on in the media and listen to what their reports are, then you need to duck twice as much, twice as much or double the amount of feeding your faith, feeding your spirit. Eating, uh, I, I said eating, so I must keep saying it like eating the word of God. Like you need to read the word of God. You need to listen to sermons. You need to surround yourself with faith people like if i need faith i'm hitting up a lot of the a lot of my faith people on on live right now i'm hitting them up i'm hitting up dana like we got a prayer call a standing prayer call every morning at eight i mean every monday at 8 a.m like and we are going to bed we are going to war like i have surrounded myself with faith warriors and faith people so even if i was to have find a moment of weakness a moment of insecurity, a moment of fear, a moment of uncertainty, just becoming anxious. Like, I know who I can tap into that I can be like, yo, this ain't right. This is crazy. I don't know. Like, I can write and then they're going to respond or they're going to pick up the phone. They're going to call me. They're going to be like, nah. So you know what the Bible say. We're not going to, whose report are you going to believe? Like Dana said. So in short, I mean, or in conclusion, because I'm going to conclude this thing. Wait, whatever so concluded. And like we just said, the power of life and death is in the tongue. So if you're not only feeding yourself those things, but then you're speaking those things and repeating the things that you just heard with your tongue, what are you giving power to? If you watch what the media says and then turn around and not pray, like Cassandra just said, but use your tongue to repeat what you just heard, what are you giving power to? So you have to check yourself too and what you are, what where you have your eyes set. It says that our eyes should be set on the Lord. Your eyes are set on CNN. Yeah. That's so good. So in conclusion, read yourself twice as much as of faith. Read the Bible, listen to worship, 
speak scriptures because faith comes by hearing, right? So if, if you're going to read your Bible, you can even read it aloud. Listen to sermons, listen to worship music, um, surround your faith with, I mean, surround yourself with faith warriors and people who are speaking light and positivity. And like she said, keep your eyes on the Lord, not on man, not on this world, not on the media. If the, what they're saying, it's just like a doctor's report. The, a doctor may diagnose you with cancer. And that can be a fact. Like it, you, it can be a fact that you are diagnosed with cancer. Like you have cancer, but the truth and the word of God says that by his stripes, you were healed. And so if you were healed, that means that you are healed. So uh, the facts of life may be that you are diagnosed with cancer, but the truth says that by his stripes, you were healed. So whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the fact or the truth and the truth supersedes a fact any day? Now, it's let me stop talking in the armor. You just told them to put on the armor, and the armor includes what? The belt of truth. So how y'all strapping up in the armor, but y'all not including God's truth? <laughs> Ooh, we can keep on going. We can keep on going. Huh. You want to pray out, or you want to keep on going? Let's pray out, because I'm going to keep on going. <laughs> this is so good. This is too good to my soul. My God. Y'all better. I hope that y'all catching these jewels and gems that God is just speaking through us. Like, it God is rising us up for such a time as this. One of the things I, I gave y'all a prophetic word last week. It's still on my page if you want to just scroll down. Matter of fact, I gave two. I gave one two weeks ago and one last week. And the one last week, God gave us three steps. And what is the first thing, three things that we're supposed to take away from this season? And one of the first things that he said is he is rising up the people that he's been preparing in private for such a time as this. Like, yo. And I, you keep quoting Esther, and I believe it's four. But if you go on to read it, it says, if you don't do it, someone else will. But it'll come to the demise of your family. So I think it's Esther four. And I, I don't want to misquote the Bible, the word now. But, you know, uh, one of my foundation scriptures, so I'm pretty sure it's Esther four. And I know it goes on to say that, ask what I'm just saying, God is rising people up. And he's calling you. Now, whether or not you're going to be a part of that call is up to you. And if you choose not to heed the word of God, it might come for your own demise. It might come to your own demise. But God is definitely calling up and raising and training an army because it's yeah. of war. And for such a time as this, don't be left in the wayside to the point, because it's going to happen regardless, with or without you, it's going to happen because God is raising his people all over this world. So be cognizant too and be aware too that not not only be aware to the call, not only be aware to the time that you're called to for this, but be aware that if you don't heed the call, there can be repercussions. That's, that's so good. So let me tell y'all how God has been equipping the saints. On Monday, go just go on my Facebook pages everywhere, y'all. On Monday, God had me teach about what? Jesus, salvation, and the Holy Spirit, right? Tuesday, we talked about tithes and offering and the protection. Wednesday was like Wisdom Wednesday when um, Olivia came through with a word where she was more so speaking about like what God is trying to build up build up in us and where, where he is calling us to go and how we're supposed to be receiving like his instruction during this time. And then now they come into like, yo, answer the call. Like if, if we had to summarize what today's live stream is about, it's about like answer the call. Just answer the call. God is equipping you to go. Go ye therefore and preach the nation. Like preach the gospel, preaching the good news. Like you have to go. You got to do. God has been calling you. He has been preparing you for such a time as this. 
That is why on Monday I taught on salvation because a lot of people who follow me, a lot of people who watch me are already believers, are already Christians, right? But do you know how to pray the prayer of salvation? And if you do, when is the last time that y'all prayed the prayer of salvation with somebody? I'm not trying to make you feel condemnation. Conviction, if the spirit is like, if that's what the spirit is sending. But at the end of the day, like, I can't tell y'all how many people I pray the prayer of salvation with or to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because this is what I do daily. Like, I seek for opportunities to share the love of God. And so if you have not, now the doors of the church are wide open. <laughs> like, the doors of the church, the body of Christ is wide open for us to go out there and do what it is that he has called us to do. Oh, you can't leave your house. Well, guess what? Your Wi-Fi working. I know your Wi-Fi working because you watching Netflix and Hulu all day. Go live. Slide in somebody DM. You don't have to be saying like, thus says the spirit of the Lord. You don't got to drop no scriptures, but be the church by showing love, reaching out to somebody, offering a, a kind gesture. Like, y'all, if you don't hear anything else I'm saying, it's time for us to rise up and be who it is that God has called us to be in this season and out. All right, pray yourself. The full scripture, which is Esther 414. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. They set me on fire. Okay, and on that. Let us enter into his gates of thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Father God, thank you for this moment. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the uh, utterance in the hour with boldness from your vessels, from your prophets. Thank you for the desire to be obedient. Thank you for the desire to get closer to you. Thank you for the desire you have placed amongst many souls around this world to hear your voice, to receive the call from you. Thank you for every moment that you have sparked this, even from Essence Atkins' testimony. Thank you for her spirit. Thank you for every moment that you are going to coordinate and develop out of this uh, season, Lord God. Thank you for us remembering that this is still your holy season. We are still in this, in your holy season as we come into the weekend where we uh, celebrate Palm Sunday and next weekend when we celebrate uh, the seven last words on Good Friday and your death and resurrection and you shedding your blood for us on Calvary. Thank you for shedding your blood for us on Calvary, God. Thank you for allowing us to all be present for such a time as this. Thank you for those mentors like Mordecai that you placed in our uh, camps to heed their call, to be directed by their call, Lord God. So right now, I thank you for all those things and I speak to all the spirits around the world that are yearning for something more. And I ask that you speak to them in a way so plain and clear that they can't deny it is you, Lord God, that you spark a new fire inside them, that the fire that they're now feeling sparked from this life and from hearing your word and from hearing your voice, that they do something with it and that they not just be hearers, but doers of the word, that they be obedient, that this word fall on good ground. Oh God, I thank you for every soul that you are rising, for every soul you are reclaiming, for every territory you are reclaiming, for every space you are reclaiming, for the time that was lost that you are reclaiming, for everything that you're going to restore, double fold, threefold, tenfold. Lord God, thank you for the spirits that are leading us and the blueprint that you left us. Thank you for the war that we are even entering, Lord God. Thank you for the reminders and the blueprint you left us for the war and the battles that we are entering, Lord God. I ask that you Speak to us in a way that we have the words, the weapons that we need, that we have the tools at our 
arms reach, Lord God, that it be abounding in our hearts and that it come out of our mouths. Let your word only go out and that it will not return to you void. Lord God, thank you for this uh, confirmation. Thank you for this instruction. Thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to be in a time where time and space and even a virus cannot keep us from you. Thank you for technology. Thank you for all the souls and voices that are now rising up. Thank you for my sisters and brothers in Christ. Thank you for Cassandra. Do something special in her life, Lord God. Refresh her and renew her. Refresh and renew all the leaders around the church. Refresh and renew all the political leaders around the world. Refresh and renew and revive in Jesus' name, Lord God. We speak to all the doubt. We cast it out to the pits of hell where it came from. We proclaim your faith, Lord God. Speak to the disbelief, speak to the unbelief, speak to the non-believer. We proclaim your faith, we declare your faith, we declare your word is true. All these things I ask for, thank you for, decree and declare in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Amen. All right, and so um, while Dana was praying, I just felt led to pray the prayer of salvation with anybody um, before we leave. So you can just repeat after me again. Like I said, the doors of the church are wide open and God is ready to welcome you home. Um, salvation is just confession with your mouth and belief in your heart that Jesus died and rose for your sins. And so immediately after you pray this prayer with me, you will um, be written in the Lamb's book of life, meaning that you will have eternal, everlasting life. You will be able to live um, on earth as it is in heaven. You will be a kingdom citizen. There's just so many benefits attached to it, but most importantly, you will be accepted into the body of Christ as the son of a son or daughter of God. Um, and so there are amazing benefits of being a joint heir to the throne. Um, most importantly, that you're going to get to go to heaven and that you're going to have the spirit of the living God dwelling on the inside of you. And so, again, most importantly, that you get to go to heaven. And the, a, a great benefit of this prayer is that God does not expect you to be perfect. So that doesn't mean like in the, mo the moment after I pray this, like I ain't going to be able to do nothing no more. <laughs> like, no, it's just that you're going to try to live better and you're going to begin your journey, your faith walk with God. And so that's what praying the prayer of salvation is all about. It's just like, yo, I need a savior. Like this world is crazy and I don't want to be up under this worldly and governmental authority in the natural. So, God, I want what you got for me. And then God will do the rest from there. So I'm not saying that you got to quit drinking, smoking, having sex, nothing. Like, it would be great if you cut those things out today. But if you don't, and if you fall short, and if, if you make a mistake, if you sin, another benefit of salvation is that there's repentance. You can repent. You can ask for forgiveness. And immediately, God will forgive you because he's just that great. He's just that gracious. He's just that merciful. And he's your father and your friend once you pray this prayer. So just repeat after me. Dear God. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for my sins. Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross, for conquering death, hell, and the grave. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you died just for me. Thank you that when you went to heaven, you sent the Holy Spirit to be my helper, my comforter, and my teacher. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my heart. Fill me until I overflow. I cast out all doubt, all fear, all questions of uncertainty, and I call faith to arise right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
Yeah, no. You going to heaven. You going to heaven. All right. So I love y'all. Thank you guys for joining me. If you have any questions, whether it be about God, church, the spirit, the Bible, whatever, you can slide in my DMs, my inbox. You can slide in Dana's DMs and inbox too, because she's so helpful and a leader of the church. And so we love y'all. We pray um, that y'all have an amazing day. Oh, tomorrow. So for tomorrow's live stream, Friday, make sure that you guys join me noon um, Eastern Standard Time. I'll actually be doing communion. We'll be doing communion together as a body of believers will be taking communion. Um, my mom will be joining me. I'm super, super excited. Like I've had special guests all this week, like Olivia Wednesday, Dana Thursday, my mama on Friday, and we taking communion. So yeah, um, I'll make sure that I write a post about that. So get ready, come with your bread or your crackers and your juice. I mean, if you want to drink wine, that's between you and God. I ain't got no wine. So I'm going to drink grape juice and I'm super excited about it. So that is all I have for you guys. Um, I love y'all. Be blessed. All right, Dana. So I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Toodles. -bye.